welcome back to Lighting with the Marquee, everybody. Sorry for the delay in this episode. Had a busy weekend, busy week last week. Long hours at work. Uh, unable to get to the movie theaters, but uh, finally got to see some movies on my days off. And now I'm going to do... I was going to do all of these this week when uh, The Lighthouse and Jojo Rabbit come out, but I figured I'd split this episode up into two. Uh, just because it's a lot of movies, I figured it'd be... A little bit of a hectic episode to do, I believe, five movies in total. Uh, so I thought I'd split it up since I saw these three and i get it out quicker. Uh, that way I'd get two episodes out this week, actually, instead of just the one. Um, so there you go. You're welcome. I'm um, going to be talking about Rob Zombie's Three from Hell, uh, June Bong Ho's Parasite, and Zombieland Double Tap. Um, so two of these movies I was looking forward to. One of them was just meh. Yeah, I can take it or leave it. Um, just going to review those. No current events, no questions today. Just reviewing those. And then hopefully by the Sunday episode, there'll be some more current events I could talk about, some uh, some questions to answer. Uh, and then hopefully get to go see The Lighthouse and Jojo Rabbit. But uh, let's talk about these movies. So <clears throat> I was actually going to try to go see Three from Hell a few weeks ago and a couple times in theaters, but never had the chance. Uh, and then it came out on Blu-ray like a month later, so I figured I'd just wait and pick up the Blu-ray, support Rob Zombie uh, that way. Uh, this is a sequel to House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects, which is two films I really like. They're not a lot of people do, but for some reason I like them. Um, but I was interested in this one just because the way Devil's Rejects ended was like a pretty solid ending to like those characters but i was interested in seeing how they would bring them back for a a third movie um so that was like the one question i had going into the film um basically all it says on imdb is it's a sequel to the devil's reject so that's all you need to know (laughs) going into it um this movie's uh (laughs) this movie's weird uh and like weird as in it feels like two different movies and like a bunch of different styles it's it's very very interesting (laughs) to say the least um so the question i had about how they were going to make the sequel pretty much gets answered in the first five minutes of this film um and yeah then the movie just happens and honestly that's all i could probably say about it is it just happens um i thought this movie was all right um i didn't invest i wasn't really invested in it like devil's rejects or house of a thousand corpses it the film starts off with this like like uh like the Ted Bundy tapes like documentary style about the three uh killers of baby Otis and Captain Spaulding and then unfortunately they kill Captain Spaulding off right away. It's not really a spoiler because it's in I believe it's in the trailers because he's not really in it that much and it was Sid Higgs. Uh with his health he wasn't in the movie that much. Um but He's, yeah, Captain Spaulding's not really in this movie, unfortunately, which is a big bummer for me, but uh, what can you do? Unfortunately, he did pass away, so this was his, I believe, his last film, but it starts off that way, and then the first half of the movie is like a like a prison break film, and then the second half is like a revenge story in Mexico. It's very weird, um, and even I was wondering, I was like, where's this plot going to go? Because once the first plot ends, it goes like pretty much into the second one. Um, and it just happens. Um, it's very, 
I don't want to say abrupt, but it's just very not, and it's not forced either. It's just like, it just happens. Like this, this is a movie I don't think that needed to be in existence, but like it does. And I'm fine with it. Cause you get to see these characters again, but, um, out of the three, it's definitely the weakest of the trilogy. Um, and that may have something to do with Captain Spaulding not being in it as much, or just that we really didn't need this movie. It was solid at the end of devil's rejects. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, it's all right. Like the, the writing's Rob Zombie. So if you like his writing, you'll like it. But I know a lot of people aren't crazy about his scripts. His directing is definitely noticeable in here. It's definitely homage to like 1970s exploitation films. It's definitely Rob Zombie's style. So that's still there. Um, acting is, you know, over the top and very campy at points. But what can you do? That's the fun of these movies. That's why I like them. Um, very, very over the top at points. Um, some corny lines. Bill Mosley's always great. Uh, Sherry Moon Zombie's pretty good in this film too, but I always liked Bill Mosley the best out of the three. And then Captain Spaulding. Um, actually I like Captain Spaulding the best and then Bill Mosley. <laughs> um, but the new edition, that's what I was, that's what I thought was funny was because Captain Spaulding wasn't in it as much. They had to write in, the character of Winslow Foxworth Coltrane, played by Richard Brake, who plays the half-brother of Otis. And I always found it funny with these movies how, <laughs> like, they always introduce new aspects of the family in each film. Like, Captain Spaulding's their dad, and then they have a half-brother come in. It's very, like, this family's huge. Um, so it's like Rob Zombie could keep writing scripts about this and just keep introducing new family members. Um but probably should just stop after this one. I don't know if he'll make another film in this universe and probably should just go and work on other projects. That would probably be, uh, probably be best, but I'm always interested in seeing what Rob Zombie does next. Um, I'm trying to think of what else is in this. Um, I mean, for me, there was a couple of letdowns in the film, one being Captain Spaulding and then Danny Trejo is also in the film, but very little. Um, the biggest critique I could probably give this film is it definitely doesn't feel like like tension or urgency at all. Like these characters are on the run from the law and never once did it feel like they were in a rush to get away from anything. It always seems like they get out of something, find a group of people, torment them, kill them, move on. And that's kind of how it is in Devil's Rejects. But at least in that one, there's like the what I liked about Devil's Rejects is there's like that parallelism between them and then uh, William Forsythe's uh, sheriff character who's also like just as evil as them but because he's a cop it's okay um, I always like that parallelism and like the conflict between there but in this one there really isn't like a driving antagonist they kind of like switch off again like halfway through the film and it becomes another like episode of a tv show or something um, which I think is the biggest critique because when I don't have like a driving like conflict I, I was losing interest in this film quite a bit and especially when I know like these three are like pretty much untouchable and can kill anybody. So it's like, I don't really have any like stakes to be invested in with them. And especially how they answer the question from how do they make a sequel from devil's rejects is definitely like, okay, these characters kind of seem a little too indestructible. Um, especially with all, everything that's happened to them between these last two films. But uh, that's probably the biggest critique I can say about this film. Other than that, there really isn't a whole lot to say about this movie. 
Um, if you are a fan of the first two films, go check it out. Um, but like, like I said, it's also like a very skippable movie. Um, I think I'd give this about a five out of 10. Um, it's definitely my least favorite of the trilogy, but you know, I wasn't mad. I saw it. I, I was glad I actually watched it and could have it in my collection now and, you know, continue to support Rob Zombie because he's a great musician. I like him as a director. Um, go check it out if you're curious. Uh, but remember it's definitely the weakest of the three. Uh, it definitely just feels like two movies or like two, like episodes of a TV show put together. Um, but I would love to see Rob Zombie work with Bill Mosley again in something else beside these these movies. Uh, he need to he needs to be putting more movies in. Unfortunately, this was Sid Haig's last film, so rest in peace, Sid Haig. Great actor. Uh, Captain Spaulding will live on forever. Uh, I also didn't mean to make that sound sarcastic, but it kind of did. Um, but let's move on to the the next film I saw this weekend. Uh, this was a film I was trying to make very like in my busy schedule. I, this was a film I wanted to like make time for to go see. Um, so the next film I saw was Bong Joon-ho's Parasite. Now I'd been reading about this film for a while. Uh, I'm a big fan of Bong Joon-ho already from his previous films. Uh, but I remember I've been, been reading about this film for quite a bit, uh, quite a while. And then I kept seeing all my friends like posting on Instagram and Twitter that this is the best movie, like go into it blind, don't read up about it. Um, and then even Brendan, who's been on the show, tweeted out that this is probably the best film he's seen all year. Um, and I was like, okay, like, um, like the hype is, the hype is building for this film. Um, so I'm very excited to go see it. Um, and I think I want to read the log line for this film, but I don't cause I want people to go into it as blind as possible. But I think the log line is actually pretty good. Um, so all unemployed key I believe is how you pronounce their name. Uh, family takes peculiar interest in the wealthy and glamorous parks for their livelihood until they get entangled in an unexpected incident. Um, if that's all you know about the, the film, all you know about the title and what I just said, that's all you know about. That's probably how you should go into the film. Do not watch any like trailers or anything for this film. Go into it as blind as possible because this is probably the best film of the year. And at least right now for me, it's the best film of the year. Um, it's also almost, it's about a perfect film. I think, um, I honestly wasn't really finding any flaws with this film at all. I thought it was a very good, good story, good acting, not good acting, great acting, um, great cinematography, great direction. The score for this film was like, I had it on repeat for the le- like the next couple of days. And even in my car, I bought the soundtrack and drove home to it. Um, this movie's incredible. Um, and it's not... I was even, I think I rewatched YMS's review about it to see what like he was saying about it. Cause I forgot what he said, but he said, uh, for foreign films, this one's pretty accessible and for people who don't watch it. And I, I do agree. This is a very accessible film. If, even if you're not into foreign films, this is something you can, you could watch and still enjoy. It definitely blends a lot of genres like comedy and drama. And even at some points, like a horror film, um, there were, like there were parts that had, heavy tension and heavy parts where I was on the edge of my seat and just witnessing everything that was going on. Um, 
this film did win the Palme d'Or at Cannes, and I can definitely see why. Um, I just burped. Um, but yeah, I recommend this film highly. Uh, I'm trying to think of... There's a couple sequences that always that stuck out of my mind even after I watched the film. Um, just from listening to the soundtrack, that's how good the score is. Um, that when I play the score, I can picture the scene in my head. Um, but this is honestly, again, it's like it's the best film of the year. The acting and it's incredible. The characters are all they all have their motives. How all have their arcs, um, which is I think something a lot of films are forgetting about is whenever you have a character in a film, every character should have an arc, even if it's like the smallest role uh, with dialogue, every character should have an arc. Um, I think that's something a lot of like American movies and like modern movies are forgetting is, you know, you have a character on screen. They're not just like a plot device. Every character should be a character and everyone should have their motives, have their personalities. Um, They shouldn't just be thrown to the side. Um, And that's what this film does. It treats every character um like they should be and you get a sense of who everyone is what their goal is what they want to accomplish um and there's someone there's someone in this film that everyone could grasp onto whether it's the dad the the kids the mom the the upper class uh family um and even this was a great commentary on like social classism and like just the class system in general um, and it made me wonder like if this shit actually happens in real life. Um, and what I mean by that is I'm not going to say it here, but once you see the film, you'll understand. Um, and that also added to some of the horror aspects to it, which I thought were like <laughs> very, very creepy. Um, but I'm trying to think if there's anything else about this film. Uh, like I said, I don't think I have any negatives about this film. I thought it was a very, very uh, uh, amazing film. The best of the year so far for me. Um, Maybe that'll get topped this weekend when I see The Lighthouse. Um, I don't know if Jojo Rabbit will top it, but I know The Lighthouse I've also been hearing great things about, and I'm excited for that one as well. Um, The cool thing about this film is since it won the... Palm Dior, it's the first Korean film to receive the award and the first one to win it by a unanimous vote. Um, that's in, that's pretty incredible. So the last film to do that was Blue is the Warmest Color, and this is definitely a better film than Blue is the Warmest Color, but that's also not to knock Blue is the Warmest Color. That's actually a, a pretty good movie as well. Um, I think I remember reading something about how the, this is a monster movie in disguise as a family drama, I believe. Um, and like, it's not like a monster, like a monster chasing them, but it's, a, uh, it's like personal inner, inner demon monsters, I believe. Um, but I'm trying to read up anything about this film. Um, I probably could say like the one nitpick I have about this film is the beginning is, I wouldn't say slow, but it takes a little bit to get to where it's heading. Um, I was watching this and I was like, okay, I want to see where this is heading, but, uh, it's kind of got to get there. Um, but once it gets there, it, it gets there. Um, but it's definitely by no means a slow film. It's definitely very, there's a lot of funny moments. There's a lot of 
dark moments even it was awesome my theater was packed for it and people were responding at the right moments except for these two people next to me i think they started laughing at the end and i was like the ending's not supposed to be funny it's actually kind of a sad ending um but other than them like the audience reception to this film was great for a foreign film too they were reacting at like the right moments and and uh what's the what's the right word they weren't like there was like no um cultural barrier it was like a very relatable movie for a lot of people i guess which is the best part um yeah any if it's in a theater near you i think it's getting a very much wide release because of how well it's doing um i saw this at an amc which i was surprised they were carrying it but if you can see it go check it out uh make time to go see it clear your schedule cancel appointments call in sick to work go see this movie do anything you can to go see this film um and i think i think this is the first film on the podcast i'm gonna give a 10 out of 10 like i'm not even hesitant to give it a 10 out of 10 i think it's a perfect movie um i've been thinking about it ever since i saw it i want to see it again um i was actually mad i think i'm working next week on the 30th they're doing a a showing of it at the egyptian theater in la with uh bong joon ho at it and i was i might be like "Eh, i'm sick i need to go work i need to go to uh stay home but i don't know (laughs) i probably won't because money but i would love to go to that um but yeah everybody go check it out if you can definitely worth especially if you need to like go to a theater like if you don't have an amc stubs uh if you need to go to a theater to pay a little bit of money for it definitely do it um if you give money to it it definitely shows that more movies like this will get released to a wider audience and can definitely help expose more foreign films to people who probably aren't exposed to it normally um like i always love to watch foreign films but i know a lot of people aren't but maybe this will be a great like gateway for people to go check it out other films like his other film the host and snowpiercer well snowpiercer is an english release movie but like the host or like uh chan woo park's old boy uh those are other good films to like transition people into foreign films and then you can go check out the weird shit like house um Haosu, 1977 great film very weird but let's move on uh to the last film i saw which was Zombieland double tap now i saw this film a couple days ago from when i'm recording this um so for me Zombieland, the first one which came out 10 years ago i always thought was all right uh it's fun movie i didn't get into the hype of it like everyone did i think i was in middle school when this came out and everyone was like saying how this zombie land was so funny and so great and i was like eh, it's all right um but this one they took 10 years to make it uh so columbus tallahassee wichita and little rock moved to the american heartland as they face off against evolved zombies fellow survivors and the growing pains of the snarky makeshift family um so i saw they were doing a zombie land too and then i I think the first instinct i had was i asked why because it was the same thing with like when they made anchorman 2 or zoolander 2 or um just any like comedy sequel like that are coming out like 10 15 years later dumb and dumber too it's like why are you doing these so late you're just capitalizing off of a name 
Um, and it's just like, why? Why would you do that? Uh, but I think with this one, the same writers came back. Well, can't say the same thing about because the same writers came back for Zoolander and Anchorman and all those films. But it's just like, why are you capitalizing off the name? Um, but after seeing this, I thought it was about the same as the first one. I didn't really like love it. Didn't hate it. I thought it was a fun ride. Um, the it's always fun to see these characters. I think that's the. I think that's what separates it from the other movies. Is like yes, the characters in Anchorman and Zoolander are great to watch like once, but like seeing them again is just like ugh. But like these characters are just great to see come back, especially with the zombie apocalypse. To see how they like adapt to the world changing and and um, it never feels like it's a zombie apocalypse, but it never feels like global. It always feels small and intimate, like whenever they go to a new location, it's just like one or two people there. Um, which I think is kind of a refreshing take on the zombie apocalypse. Um, or even like how, yes, people are like defending their territory, but like no one's ever like, like the walking dead, making it like a soap opera. Um, fuck the walking dead. <laughs> the show sucks. Um, but I think the first one's a little bit better. Um, this one was, it was fun. There were some good jokes. A lot of them are in the trailer, but there's a there's a lot of good moments in this film. The post credit scene is actually great. I loved it a lot. I think some people might find it too cheesy, but I was like, this is actually pretty good. Um, all the acting in it's great. No one is like. There's one character that's pretty annoying, but like that's the whole point of the character. Um, other than that, everyone's pretty great in this film. Woody Harrelson and Jesse Eisenberg are always good together. Uh, Emma Stone's great in it. Abigail Breslin's in it, but she's not in it a lot. Um, trying to think of what else. Yeah, it's just fun to see these characters like going around and doing these little adventures. Honestly, like I wish it was made into a TV show with these characters and not like the Zombieland TV show they tried to make. Um, but if they did a third one, I wouldn't be opposed to it. It's always fun to see these characters come back. Um, I actually liked, there's a, uh, they do an, not an homage, but they do a tip of the cap nod to George A. Romero. And I thought it was very nice. Um, they do say one line of dialogue and I was like, okay, as an audience, I got it a while ago. Um, they do a Dawn of the Dead reference cause they're in a mall. And I was like, Oh, I was like, even thinking watching, it, I was like, Dawn of the Dead. Um, but, um, yeah, they didn't need to say the line to reference it, like, head on. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything about this film. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, the film is, like, pretty predictable. Nothing, to, like, the jokes are kind of a hit or miss. Um, I don't like the marketing because it says from the director of Venom and the writers of Deadpool, but they all did the first movie. Um, it's definitely a better movie than Venom. Not better than Deadpool, though, but these movies are good. Um, uh, yeah, I'd say if you like the first one, go check it out. There really is much to say about it. It's definitely a, uh, like if you want to have a good time at the theater, just have a good laugh. Zombie land, go see it. Um, if you want to enjoy a movie and like actually think about it, go see parasite. Um, but if you want to have a fun time, go watch zombie land. It's fun. Uh, I don't think it's as good as the first one, but it's on par like with the first one. I don't think this movie will be, uh, 
the groundbreaker that the first one was. And I didn't even think the first one was groundbreaking, but um, yeah, if you just want to have fun, go check it out. It's a fun time. Um, better than Gemini Man, which I'm looking at right now. But uh, I think I'll give it like a six out of ten. It wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible. Um, I had fun with it. I don't know if when I'll watch it again. I'll probably pick up the Blu-ray at some point, like a Black Friday deal or something, or years down the road because I have the first one. But uh, I think that's gonna do it for these reviews. Uh, figured I'd split it up, like I said, uh, so I can get the other reviews out this weekend plus current events and. Uh, hopefully get some questions in this week. Um, but yeah, we're back. Sorry for the delay in this episode. Took a little longer than expected, but we got an episode out. We did it, everybody. Let's, let's, let's celebrate together. Um, so I didn't post it on our Instagram page. So if you're not following us, you can follow us there on Instagram and Facebook at lighting up the marquee. You can email us at light up the marquee at gmail.com. Uh, then you can listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Um, trying to get back this weekend to have a review out on Sunday for um, Jojo Rabbit and The Lighthouse, which is my most anticipated film right now. Um, but if it doesn't come out on Sunday, just keep a lookout on the Instagram and Facebook page for updates. Um, these next couple weeks are going to be a little bit hectic, but hopefully soon it'll start dying down. Uh, getting a lot of stuff done, getting a lot of hours. So uh, hopefully everything starts getting steadier. Uh, and it should. Um, but hopefully we're going to be back on Sunday. But I'll keep you updated. And until next time, I'm your host, Tim Martin. And this has been Lighting Up the Marquee.